Good morning, everybody. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Galatians 2. We're going to dive into verses, uh, in this session, 17 through 21. We're going to continue on in our diving in deep of what Paul is getting over to us in the book of Galatians. While you're turning there, let me just remind you that Peter and Paul were both spirit-filled preachers. And I say that because spirit-filled preachers have become somewhat one- or two-dimensional. You know, you hear of spirit-filled preachers, you go hear them preach, and they preach about the baptism of the Spirit, they preach about healing, but they don't preach too much about, what, the law, righteousness, the reborn human spirit, or those types of things. But you see that Peter and Paul are both intimately involved in these issues and these questions, and they were both spirit-filled believers. All right, I hope you're there in Galatians 2. Um, Let's recap just a minute. Paul, as you know, is speaking to the believing Jews, the Jewish Christians, but he says they have distorted the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ They have separated themselves out from the Galatian believers. Now, the Galatian believers are Gentile believers. These believing Jews say that the Gentiles need to come in under the Torah or the law in order to be saved. And we showed you that through the book of Acts, Acts 15, verses 1 through 5. That was the big issue in which there was no small dispute, the Bible says. Now, we've gone through verses 15 and 16. We're going to pick it up here with 17 through 21. And when you read verses 17 through 21, usually they're pretty obscure. But we're going to break them down so you really understand what Paul's getting at here. You're going to understand what his position is, how he is refuting this distortion of the gospel of Christ. So let's go ahead and let's read through verses 15 all the way through 21 so we get a sense of what he's saying, and then we're going to dive in. He writes, We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners, yet we know that a person is not justified or made righteous by works of the law, but through the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, so that we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by the faithfulness of Christ and not by the works of law. Because by the works of law, no one or no flesh will be justified or made righteous. Verse 17, But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant or a minister of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faithfulness of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Now, if you heard our prior messages, you get a sense of where Paul is coming from. He is speaking to that one side of the room. He's speaking to the believing Jews. Now, what he's doing here 
is that he is spelling out the messianic events. They've distorted the gospel of Christ. Well, he's laying it out to them. So in verse 17, he says, But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin or a minister of sin? That's probably a better translation. Certainly not, he says. What's he talking about here? He's talking about their mindset. When you go up to verse uh, 15, he says, we ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. So the Jews, before the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, saw themselves as separated out from what? The rest of the world and the rest of the world were sinners. So you don't sit down and eat with sinners. You don't mingle with sinners because you become unclean and you yourself become what? A sinner. That's their mindset. And Paul says here in verse 17, but if our endeavor or our seeking to be made righteous in Christ, we too were found to be sinners. He's talking hypothetically, but basically he's saying what? We believing Jews, me, Paul, used to be Barnabas, but he drew back too. But we believing Jews who are seeking our righteousness in Christ, if we sit down with Gentile believers, you're saying that we too are sinners and we're sitting down because of Christ? Are you saying that Christ then is a minister of sin? No way. That's what he's saying in verse 17. He is answering their, the creation of the situation that they have done, this separation. He's saying, if we, if we walk over from your group over to these Galatian believers and we sit down with them like they are brothers in Christ, are you saying that Christ is a minister of sin? Certainly not. And then he's going to go on and explain why. Verse 18. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. Now, that's a little bit blind to us. What the translators have done is transpose the Greek a little. And uh, let me read it to you in the literal Greek, because I think it will come to you a little bit easier. It did for me. Paul actually writes this. For if what I pulled down, this again I build, or these again I build, a transgressor I demonstrate myself to be. A little bit Yoda-ish, but it really helps with the thinking because he's like, if what I pulled down, what was it that he pulled down? And let me say here, it's another, it's a, it's another hypothetical for if I, if, that's hypothetical, for if I pull down these uh, if what I pull down, these again I build. What he pulled down was that dividing wall between what Jews and Gentiles, and he pulled it down by the preaching of the gospel. And that deals with our, what, identification in Christ. You go back up to Galatians 2.15, we ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. He's talking about the establishment of the law. But in Christ, with his death, burial, and resurrection, he abolished that. In fact, let me read to you this, uh, Ephesians 2.15. You don't need to turn there. Just listen. 
by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, making peace. Notice that. Abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances. That was the Torah. That was the law. Paul says, by his preaching, he has pulled that dividing wall down. Why? Because a Jew in Christ and a Gentile in Christ are what? Part of one family. You don't have a wall there. You don't have any kind of separation. So he pulled down that wall and he says, if I build it again, if I rebuild that wall, he says something that sends chills up the spines of these Jews, these believing Jews. He says, a transgressor, I demonstrate myself to be. Why? Why would that send chills up their spines? Because transgression is disobeying the law. He says, you know, if I build up this wall that you guys are building up, I'm a transgressor of the law itself. Now, how is that? How is that? He'd be a transgressor because Christ was the goal of the law. Let me read to you Romans 10.4. Now, this is ESV. It says, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Now, all our English translations translate, uh, For Christ is the end of the law. The Greek word is telos. And the better translation, and one that's consistent with Paul's thinking is, For Christ is the goal of the law. See, in Paul, part of the mystery of Christ that that was revealed to him is that the law is a narrative. It's not just a bunch of do's and don'ts. I mean, that's the way that we look at it in American Christianity, actually. You know, we look at the Ten Commandments, a bunch of do's and don'ts, and we forget about all the rest of it. But when you go back to the Old Testament, it's got everything in it. It's got, it's got uh, Adam's rebellion, the creation of Israel, the, the covenants, the promises to the Father. It's got the poetry in it. Uh, it's got all these things, the prophets, prophecies, all kinds of things. And embedded within it, and this is real important to understand in Galatians, is a narrative. And that narrative comes to a focal point in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Paul is seeing, and that is actually what Paul is saying. You go back to to 18, for if I... Uh, for if what I pulled down, these again I build. He's thinking that the law has come to a place where the dividing wall has come down. And he's not going to rebuild it. Because if he rebuilds it, he demonstrates himself to be a transgressor. Now let me dive into that so you understand what he's saying. In Romans 5.14, listen to this. Yet death reigned, and Paul wrote this, yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. Notice that Paul writes about sinning and transgression. 
even those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam. So what's this distinction that he's making there that we can pull over into Galatians? The distinction is this. A transgression, when you read transgression in your Bible, it's, it, is the, uh, it is the direct rebellion of an explicit command. You go back to Adam. God says, don't eat of the tree, and Adam eats of the tree. That is a transgression. The fallout from the transgression is that what? All of us are beset with sin. So our sin is not like Adam's in the sense that we had a direct command, but we are suffering the consequences of that transgression. Now you pull that thought over into the law One thing that the Jews did not want to do is be a transgressor. And Paul turns the law on its head to them, these believing Jews speaking to this side of the room, and he says, if he rebuilt this dividing wall that they're rebuilding, a transgressor I demonstrate myself to be. And, of course, all the hair goes up on the back of their neck because that's the last thing they'd want to do is be a transgressor. You see, the law itself contemplated circumcised hearts. And that's in Deuteronomy 30. You go back. The question is, how do you get there? And you get there through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord, of, of Jesus Christ. Now, what Paul is saying in Galatians 2.18, he said, if I were to go backwards in the narrative, then I would be a transgressor. See, the law is going forward. And these believing Jews are taking all these Galatian believers and Gentile believers backwards into the law. Paul says, you're a transgressor if you do that. You're transgressing the law itself. Now, let's go to verse 19. Now, remember that he's speaking to the Jews. He says, for, and he's explaining some more. When you read for in Paul, he's explaining what he has just said. He said, for through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. Well, that's what they want to do, right? They want to live to God. But Paul says, for through the law, I died to the law. What's he talking about? He's talking about that narrative. He's spelling out the meaning of the messianic events for the Jew. If you look at their distortion of the gospel, the the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus didn't mean too much of anything. You know, uh, Paul doesn't tell us exactly how they were preaching it, but it's basically, oh, yeah, you believe in the Messiah? Well, you need to come in under the law to get clean, to be cleansed. And Paul says, oh, no, that's a distortion. That is a material distortion. And then he spells out the meaning of the Messianic events. He says, the cross was revolutionary. It was the fulfillment of the purposes of Israel. That's implicit is what he's saying. There was nothing, has nothing to do with something being wrong with the law, but the law itself had always spoken of its own redundancy. 
It was a temporary measure until the seed could come. And when the seed came, he says, for through the law, because the law, the law what? Forecasted it, predicted it. Christ is the goal of the law. For through the law, I died to it so that I might live to God. And that is identification. We don't hear too much about that today. We hear about, well, come to the cross, and it's this big emotional thing. Paul says, uh-uh, I have died to the law. I have been crucified with Christ. It goes into verse 20. It's identification. Going to verse 20, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me and the life I now live in the flesh. I live by the faithfulness of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What's he doing? He's talking about these messianic events to these Jews. What did the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ mean? He died to the law so that he might live to God. I have been co-crucified with Christ. Because we'll get to it, Christ became a curse under the law. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. What's he talking about? He's talking about the reborn human spirit. It's not about keeping the law anymore. It's about being reborn. It's about the circumcised heart. So he says the, the law has come to a place, the focal point, where Christ was the focal point, the end, the goal of the law. I have been co-crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ, the reborn human spirit who lives in me. In Romans uh, Paul writes, if anyone have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. That's the circumcised heart. That's another way of saying it, speaking about it, describing it. Now, he goes on and says, and the life I now live in the flesh. I live by, the ESV has faith in the Son of God, the the correct translation is, I live by the faithfulness of the Son of God. And he explains, who loved me and gave himself for me. Now let's unpack that a little bit, because this is usually spiritualized so much in today's preaching. Paul's very concrete. He says, the life I now live in the flesh, that is, in being a Christian, I live by what? By the faithfulness of the Son of God. What his death, burial, and resurrection won over for me? And that is the reborn human spirit. The first deposit of salvation is being reborn. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I live by the faithfulness of the Son of God. Again, messianic events. It's not about Jesus' teaching per se. It's not about, it's, it's about him giving himself 
And in fact, he even says that, who loved me and gave himself for me. In fact, in the Greek, in the Greek, you could read it this way, who gave himself over for me. What's he talking about there? He who knew no sin became sin on my behalf so that I might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen. So he's talking about walking out his life in the flesh as a Christian, as a reborn human being. It's not psychological. It's not mental. It's not intellectual. It's spiritual. And he's saying it to these believing Jews. He says, oh, let me tell you how, let me explain how you have distorted the gospel of Christ. It's not that it's nothing, it's everything. It's revolutionary. So now the status and identity of the Jew who comes to believe in Christ is not based upon birth, it's based upon faith. So you go back up to Galatians 2.15, where the boast was, well, we who are ourselves, who are Jews by birth, well, now you're a Jew by what? By faith. Death, burial, and resurrection. Now notice that uh, verse 19, well, verses 19 and 20, they're not, they're, they're not just personal experiences, although a, a personal experience comes from it. Paul's talking about doctrine and something that's true for every Jew that becomes Christian. And we're going to get into, we're going to get into the Gentile Christians as we go through the book. But right now, he's got his head turned to the believing Jews. Now, notice how incorporative Christ is. We talked about this before. I have been co-crucified with Christ. When you get into Romans, you're baptized into his death, burial, and his resurrection. Amen. So Paul wraps this up. And says in verse 21, he says, I do not nullify the grace of God. Now, we've, we have this little pithy phrase in Christianity today where grace is the unmerited favor of God. You don't see that here. What you see as the grace of God is you see verses 19 and 20. That is the grace of God because Paul writes in another place, he writes, God sent forth his son. Why? For verses 19 and 20. So he says, I do not nullify the grace of God, which that is what these believing Jews have done. By sweeping the death, burial, and resurrection pretty much like under the rug and say, okay, well, that's fine. You can believe in Christ all you want, but you still need to come up in under the law to be saved. Paul says, no, 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 I don't nullify. I don't count as nothing the grace of God. For if righteousness, we talked about righteousness being what? It's two-sided. Right standing with God and also the new life in God, this reborn human spirit. For if righteousness were through the law, again, he's really just poking at these believing Jews at their distortion of the gospel. If righteousness were through the law, as you preach, then Christ died for nothing. And he just outlined 
in verses 19 and 20 that Christ did not die for nothing. He died for everything. He was the goal of the law, so what? Verse 19, so that I might live to God. And that applies to all those believing Jews. Amen. I have been crucified with Christ. So it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ. It's the reborn human spirit in me. And let me address this. You go and you hear, you hear sermons where you have the Holy Spirit is in us and Jesus is in us. Notice here in verse 20 what the context is. I mean, and with that preaching, it's kind of the person of Jesus is inside of you, and the person of the Holy Spirit is inside of you. I hear that all the time, especially with spirit-filled preachers. But take a look at the context of verse 20. I have been co-crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. He uses Christ as a description of the reborn human spirit. Now, this gets very controversial in today's preaching, but this is what? We're reading Bible right here. However Christ was made alive on the day of the resurrection, spiritually, is how we are made alive too. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. And Paul with Paul, it's a reborn human spirit here. Amen. So he basically says to these believing Jews, and summing up to them, he says, I do not make the grace of God count for nothing. I do not nullify it. For if righteousness were through the law, in other words, if righteousness were through what you are preaching, then Christ died for nothing, and he just outlined the fact that no, he died to the law so he might live unto God. Amen. So with that, he turns his head and looks over at the Galatian believers who are now sitting up a little bit taller. And he says, you foolish Galatians. And that's where we pick it up in the next message. Amen. So let me uh, end with a benediction. Galatians 6.18. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen.